In high school, there was a boy in my youth group that called me Gomer. He was not a nice person. He was not just cruel to myself. He was cruel to basically everyone around him. And I remember that first time that he called me Gomer. And I remember going and looking up, trying to figure out what this insult meant. Only to find that it was the name of a pagan prostitute from the Bible. Yeah, what? Yeah, that, yeah. So when I read this text for this week, I initially got very angry. Both personal pain and the thought of what circumstances got a woman of that time or any time into that line of work. Those were those surface emotions that became to the forefront of my mind. And yet I wanted to go deeper, and yet I've never gone deeper on this text. Because this text had always hurt me. Every time I read it, I thought about that person and how he was always angry and upset, never happy. And how he always made everyone else around him feel. And I never did give the text a deeper thought. Many pastors, even scholars, shun away from this text. Its sexuality isn't something they're comfortable with. It's not something that we normally discuss in church. Even as Margot, I'm sure, read that, those words are not words that are normally mentioned in church. Even though we are humans. Sexual creatures. This isn't something we normally talk about. Now, others just don't like the idea of God ending up with desire, with love, and with relationship with a pagan prostitute. Think of the scandal. It makes you really wonder why this example was used in the Bible. Yet some of you that often have a little sermon nap are still awake right now only because of the language that is currently being used. It's catching. It caught your attention. It's a train wreck that you can't quite look away from. It's something you don't want to miss. And it's because we are sexual in our nature that we understand it. It's relatable, even if it's not something we're used to talking about. Have you ever had one of those great friends or mentors who was excellent at telling stories? You know, the kind of stories in which you get all riled up with and you're starting to exude a little passion, a little, you've got something in this. There's a stake in this. And as this conviction is rising up upon you hearing it, as you get to the end of the story, you begin to realize this is a story about you. 
this is your life and how you're the offensive one. And what's going on relates perfectly, putting things into a whole new perspective for you in a way that nothing else in that moment could have. That is this story. It's a story. The whole land, the country of Israel was living as if God didn't exist, not big G God. They were juggling multiple gods, just as a pagan prostitute would juggle multiple encounters. Encounters regarded as special to each recipient. This story was created to draw people in because like any good bit of gossip or soap opera on TV, sex is involved. And let's be honest, church, our ears perk up at that mention of that little three-letter word. The subject has caught our attention. And as we hear the story of this pure, pure person and this person of the world coming together, we hear how the pure is given names to this new life that is formed from the relationship between the two. And we hear these names, and they're frustrating, they're confusing. These names express anger, these names express abandonment. Each name showing how the tension progresses. And let's pause here for a moment. Because in this male-driven society of Gomer and Hosea, the male's sexuality is never questioned. I just want you to know that. And part of that's because I'm a woman and it bothers me tremendously. But another part of it is because you need to know that. Just like the woman caught in adultery and she used to be stoned to death and there's no mention of any of the men. The same is true here with Gomer. With Hosea, it doesn't matter his own sexuality, but the sexuality of his wives, and yes, that is plural, wives, that matters because the sexuality of your wives in that time told whether or not you were someone to have integrity. Their purity meant you had integrity, not your own. So in the story, as we are going on and listening about how unfaithful the country of Israel is, realize that that then is a reflection of God. God's integrity gone. God's integrity diminished. The people of Israel just keep worshiping these other gods to the point that people are being sacrificed and killed among them. We're given the story where we hear God express God's self to us in the names of these three children. God's shamed remembering. God's burning anger. God's resigned abandonment. Yet in the final verse, God's heart turns to restore love with renewed embrace. 
renewed passion. And then in the last line, we hear God still wants to be in relationship with the world. Why in the world scholars are turned off by the idea of God being in relationship with those kind, our kind of people, I have no idea. It's a pattern throughout history and throughout our Bible. The scandal is our salvation. The scandal is our hope. And the scandal gives hope to so many that have both turned away and who have been turned away. I can't help but think of gay friends who have been kicked out of their families. Hurt, angry, and yet still wanting to be in relationship with their parents. I think about those that are in the foster care system and those that have been adopted. At some point in their lives, several of them get this urge to find their birth parents, to know a little bit about their own history and where they're from, secretly wanting their approval regardless of the reason for their parents not being there to raise them. The world is rough. And with, mass, with a mass shooting in a local Walmart as families buy groceries on a Saturday and back to school supplies with their kids, we need hope. With another mass shooting just this morning, less than 60 seconds long, ending at least nine lives, we need hope. With pictures of people in less than adequate living conditions following natural disasters, we need hope. With politicians on all sides using people's life circumstances for their own personal political gain, we need hope. We need more than prayers and well wishes. We need more than simply making calls to representatives. We need people talking about this and talking about it together. We need people sitting at the table together. People of all kinds, of all views, of all walks of life. Because this world is full of all kinds of people and of all kinds are not represented if all kinds don't have a voice, our hope diminishes. Our integrity is gone. People keep saying on the news that we're better than this, yet they don't give any solutions. We look at problems like these in our world and we think two things. We think, well, that's not here. That's distant from us. And we think, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm just a lowly pastor, a teacher, a volunteer. I'm just me. But good people, you are much smarter than you give yourself credit for. We are made in God's image, in God's likeness. And those characteristics we see in God, we also possess. In this story, God has tremendous passion Passion. Passion is a scary, crazy word. 
Ask any police officer if they'd rather be called to a bank robbery or a domestic dispute, and nine times out of 10, they're going to happily choose the bank robbery. Passionate people are determined. Passionate people are crazy. They're unexpected. And you good people, you have some of that same crazy inside you. You are passionate people who come from a crazy, passionate God. And when you are passionate about helping other people, passionate changes happen. Conversation occurs. And guess what can come of that conversation? Change. So even when life feels like humanity has multiple gods that are not our big G God. Remember that God still desires to be in relationship with you, with me, with all of us, all people of all walks of life. And that good people should give you the hope to make that passion inside of you come alive, put it into action so that change occurs, so that people aren't just killing people, so that people know there's help when they need it, so that people know that there's community when they need it, so that people know there is hope. Because some crazy, passionate people had enough hope to love them. Amen? Amen.